0: Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Whole Whale podcast, where we learn from leaders about new ideas and digital strategies to make a difference in the social impact world. My name is Christian Martinez, one of the digital advertising whalers here at Whole Whale and your host for today's show. Thanks for listening. Today on the pod, I'm really excited. We have Antonio L. Davis Jr. He's the digital marketing and content manager at First Stage. So thanks for being on the show, Antonio.
1: Yes, thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, really excited. Yeah. Um, So we can just dive right in, right? Um, Just learning a little bit more about who you are in the organization. So can you tell us a little bit more about First Stage and more about the work that you do with your organization?
1: Yeah, First Stage is an arts and culture teaching institution made up of three pillars. And those pillars are theater productions, theater academy, and theater and education. And I work to create and... Curate content alongside a small and mighty team. So be it uh, campaign uh, development and execution, um, as well as uh, organic content, really honing in and trying to grow the brand.
0: Yeah, definitely. Here at Hawaii, we work with mostly nonprofits and lots of of social impact organizations. Um, But I think there is something very special in particular about working with nonprofits that work in arts and culture. Right. So can you tell us some of like the unique components that go into digital marketing specifically for the arts, whether it's organic, social, ad creative, Mm -hmm. community management, Mm -hmm. things like that?
1: There's four areas that I feel like arts and culture really gives it its edge. And I would say, you know, art is an umbrella term. So mm. I think the many disciplines that makes up the art, theater, dance, painting, film, teaching, et cetera. I'll also say the stories, mm. uh, the opportunity to, to build community around the stories that are told. Normally in a physical space, um, but now it's very much in the, the virtual realm. And third, just going beyond entertainment to discover knowledge, commonality, growth. And then four, which I, I think it's um, very important that the arts um, gives the arts the edge is its people. There's so many walks of life, so many personalities, which represents vibrancy mm-hmm. that allows content creators to tap into. And then I, I think with looking at all four of these uh, points that the arts have, I think all of which that can be showcased through mm-hmm. paid and organic creator.
0: Yeah, I, I love that. And I love that you brought up the idea of going virtual, right? Because when you think about arts and Indulging in the arts, it's a lot of in person events, right? Whether you go to the theater or a museum or you go see a movie or a museum or anything like that. Um, so how do you think being virtual, the pandemic has kind of made you shift your marketing efforts, um, especially for your specific organization that has a lot of teaching, which is often in person as well?
1: Mm-hmm. Because I, because I occupy the marketing space, I wouldn't say we have. Shifted, but we were trying to meet the demand even more so than pre pandemic. And I I think just always trying to pull back the many layers of our organization and and, and present um, for and at at the forefront our young people because we are a youth organization, but at the same time, showcasing our commitment to the community, to Mm -hmm. families, and, and how. Within this, it shows the ecosystem what it takes and what role people play within the arts.
0: Can you talk a little bit more about kind of meeting those demands pre pandemic? Like, what mm-hmm. did that kind of look like?
1: We put on about 16, well, we run about 16 campaigns per season. Yeah. So, with a small team, we're always trying to uh, scale the content. Uh, but presented in different different ways so really working a lot cross departmentally um, working with the production staff working with development staff working with our education team as well as different vendors and looking at all that um, and and still at the same time we're working with our young people right um, and understanding the needs of, uh, of these campaigns, and what stories are we telling within these um, mm-hmm. within the content that we share, you know how how does that pay piece support the organic piece, vice versa? Um, setting up interviews since my since my time with First Stage, we've have skilled our video content oh, wow. and um, really brought in a combination of uh, more polished pieces, um, but also a lot of user-generated content. Uh, I think in 2018, it was a lot of talk about it. And now you see it in all different mediums. I mean, on your TV, on on your streaming, not just in social media.
0: Yeah. I'm really interested in this user-generated piece, right? I Mm -hmm. think The pandemic, especially for a lot of independent artists, have really forced them to change the way that they look at their their art, their their skill, Um, whether it's dancing and doing that on live or painting and finding different ways to sell your art. How do you think um, this more kind of user generated content specifically in your community has elevated your content?
1: It has allowed us to be more raw. Yeah. Instead of focused on being perfect perfection is a construct Mm -hmm. but greatness is something that can be achieved and that's something that I feel like we as a marketing department are trying to do every time we put out a piece of content we're we're nurturing our community we're meeting their needs but at the same time not just trying to say hey we're here for you but we're here with you Mm -hmm. on this difficult journey
0: yeah I love that distinction like I think oftentimes when we think of organizations and institutions, you think of yourself as separate from your community or different from your community, but having that distinction of, we are also in a sense kind of suffering the consequences of being virtual, being in a pandemic and we hear you, we understand you and we're with you. Um, I really love that, that distinction.
1: Yeah. And it also, I, I think during these times it has showed, Nonia the strength of our influence, but also how much our community looks at us as a vital asset, what they're doing to keep us going and, you know, their own advocacy. And, you know, I I can't thank our community enough. It's very, you know, very strong. And for people who may not know, First Stage is based in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. So, and uh, Wisconsin is known for um, it's lack of spending for arts programming. Uh, the state is actually ranked last. Oh, wow. So when you, you look at that um, and what it takes to actually provide um, world-class training and con- continue to, you know, put forth our mission of transforming lives through theater, you know, you, you have to pay it forward and, and thank you know the community, um, and we've been doing a lot of gratitude, a lot more than than I feel like we have in the past.
0: Yeah, we are always saying thank your donors. Make mm-hmm. sure you're thanking them at least four or more times. But especially when you have a tight knit community where um, user generated content seems to be on the rise, like not just kind of using people's content to support your own kind of campaign or mission, but also saying like, thank you. Like, this is really great. Do you have a favorite piece of user generated content? Like
1: so many, it's so many you pick from, and I don't, (laughs) but I would say uh, Karen Estrada, she's alum, but she's also a well-known actor Mm -hmm. in Milwaukee. And she was uh, a part of, uh, she was the head actor in, Cactus, um, mm-hmm. and she put together this piece, um, I should say The Girl Who Swallowed the Cactus by Eric Koble. Mm-hmm. um, just to be for specific reference, um, mm-hmm. uh, she, you know, led the piece with the support of our production staff, but marketing put out a call to have her create a user-generated piece, and she did well, and we also had some polished pieces to accompany the social media campaign, mm-hmm. Aside from, and it came late, the asset came late in the campaign, um, but it did. It still performed very well because she spoke directly to our patrons. People mm. knew her, so the recognition um, and just in that whole tight knit arts community. So she really stood out and uh, did well and played into more of the humanistic side of mm. what it takes for brands to stand out on social media.
0: And it's time to feed the whales with a quick ad
1: about Whole Whale University. This is our best online content packaged in courses. We're talking SEO, content marketing, Google ad grants, cybersecurity, and tons of webinars and other templates for you to use. You can buy them individually or as an annual subscription. Uh, We really put our best work in here. And if you're interested in the topics in this podcast that we tend to cover, we go a mile deep with these courses. That's wholewhale.com slash university.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I, the way that you kind of map that out is really interesting. And I know lots of organizations, if they could, would use more user generated content, right? Like it's kind of more lower lift than having like a graphic design team. It kind of shows like that raw aspect, like you mentioned, and kind of reinforces this idea of being a community, being together. Do you, in your marketing campaigns, have you found kind of a uh, a call to action or a certain strategy that has worked best in generating this.
1: I'm um, all it's variety.
0: Variety,
1: yeah. Give, give the people variety, and and don't be married to what worked yesterday.
0: Mm.
1: Especially if with the uptick of of the use of remote work and and I feel like just the use of social media now
0: mm-hmm. um, under
1: these circumstances. I think it's really important to not be married to the digital plan, but mm-hmm. be some more so of looking at evolving um, the digital plan as, w- and always keeping in line with mission.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I feel that. I think oftentimes when you run a campaign or ads or organic social or whatever it is, the minute you find something works, you like run with it, right? Like you mm-hmm. keep going with it, you keep going with it. And then you get kind of confused when you're like, okay, this isn't working anymore. What what changed? What have we done wrong?
1: Right. And it's not it's often it's not that you did anything wrong. It's mm-hmm. just it it has evolved. Mm-hmm. And that's I think the great part about social media marketing and um, mm-hmm. marketing in general, you can break the rules, right? You can break the rules, but you got to make sure everyone is on board when you break those rules and where mm. you go, how your audience receives when you break those rules. And this is new, you know, well, what is this and, and making sure that you're educating them, um, your audience, and as well as internally when, Mm-hmm. People see your work. I think with social media marketers, our work is accessible. People see our work all the time. Right. And people make opinions about our work. And so I, I think also making sh- sure you lean on, making sure that internally people understand hey, we're going this direction.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And this is why. Um, trust me, I know you didn't do this like this last year. Or yeah. We didn't, even, this wasn't even an approach. You have to trust that. I'm taking us in a new, you know, or we're taking us in the direction that needs to happen. Mm-hmm. Because I always say, you know, slow build is the best build. You know, you never want to be playing catch up uh, as well. So it's like mm-hmm. a balance with with social media yeah. marketing and how. And it's always I feel like I hear a lot just in the space. How do you keep you know your Digital edge. And, you know, that's a lot of conversation, mm-hmm. you know, and a lot of opinions surrounding it. But oftentimes, it's, you know, how do you educate and grow with your audience or how does your gro- audience grow with you? Yeah.
0: Right. And I like you are speaking so many truths right now because I think a lot of times people think it's a one size fits all or you have to like keep up with the trend or it's from one trend on. Tuesday and then the next like on Monday so it's like how do you keep up but it's not necessarily about keeping up or playing catch up like you said it's about listening to your audience doing experiments doing tests and seeing what resonates right and that's honestly what I think the edge is it's just (laughs) listening
1: it is definitely and there's a lot of conversation I mean to put the actual term on it social listening Mm -hmm. you know we call it And it's very important. Of The opening of the podcast, you mentioned community management, that's Mm -hmm. vital. There's, you know, organizations, you know, that's much bigger than your average nonprofit Mm -hmm. that has care teams, social care teams, who fills those comments, who tries to keep that rapport with audience because they understand how important it is, you know. And I know in the nonprofit world, that's not always the case. We wear many hats. Mm But I think it's a shared responsibility. It's less um, of a daunting task to, to, to implement that.
0: I'm interested in maybe if you have, like, just off the top of your head, top three tips into, like, implementing or baking in that social listening and community management into your content management work.
1: Mm-hmm. I'd say use the hashtag, whatever hashtag is associated with your mm-hmm. brand look at those, look at what people are saying, how they're using them, scour the web, scour, see what people are talking about um, and not necessarily tagging you in, but just talking about where you can interact um, into that conversation or just take in and, and then create a piece of content that's in response mm-hmm. to that. And then they'll catch on like, oh, like, yeah. you know, they're listening, oh, you know, I can't believe, this just makes me think back. We had, a. I want to say 2018-19 season, we put on Tinkerbell. Mm-hmm. We had uh, two young performers who were playing a title mm-hmm. role. One of our YPs, uh, who I believe identifies as a, a white woman. And then we had another young performer who I believe identifies as a, a Black mm-hmm. female. And she's seen when we put out our first piece of content. And it showed um, a Tinkerbell who was depicted as a white mm-hmm. person and said something about it. Um, in the comments. And we had a meeting the following week. And I was like, hey, we need to bring in a Black team. Right. And my, my team was, no doubt, let's do it. And we did it. And her, she seen it. And her response was just crazy. the community, she shared it. And, and people to see that and what that yeah. meant, that is, we're paying attention. We may not comment on everything, but we may respond in, in a form of creative.
0: Yeah, definitely. And it's so interesting how just like, I don't want to assume that it's relatively low lift, but um, just kind of that switch into saying, oh, look, like we're listening, we're here, like you said. And then the volumes of that speaks to your community where they go and they say, wow, like look at this organization that did this, like they're listening, mm-hmm. like they're doing great work is like priceless.
1: <laughs> yeah, it goes it, it goes a long way it really does it goes beyond sales yeah.
0: i'm also interested in how your organizations or nonprofits across the board can use organic social ad creative whatever their medium is to tell the story of their work and their mission. I imagine with arts, it's always kind of storytelling, right? Everything comes from a place, um, whether it's in somebody, a story, an experience. Um, How have you used storytelling in your content management? And how do you think other organizations can use that too?
1: Yeah. So I can break down some examples, some, I think some features within these platforms and then try to go into some examples for your, so we have, Social stories. Mm -hmm. That's a lot of talk. Your Facebook stories, your IG stories, your fleets. Shout out to Twitter. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and the controversy that brought. Right. (laughs) (laughs) But then you have, you know, your photo essays, Mm -hmm. presenting carousels, and your video that can be shot on a smartphone. Mm -hmm. exclamation point. (laughs) 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 Live broadcast. And I think identify identifying social trends like go back Thursdays is really big for us. It really allows us to show uh, the depth in, in the history um, of our organization. and it also plays on nostalgia. People love nostalgia, and a lot of like thought leaders in this space are starting to see that how important nostalgic marketing plays into building community, mm-hmm. honing into your tribe, uh, really doing that and we've taken our throwback Thursdays and elevated it with, I remember. So taking the comments on our throwback Thursday post and just highlighting it. And that has gone um, very well. So now we have that, you know, and then I will also say playing into uh, official and unofficial holidays Mm -hmm. um, for world emoji day. We did a spotlight on our freelance photographer, Paul Mm -hmm. Ruffalo. And, the response to that was amazing. It got over uh, on, say, 500 views on IG's mm-hmm. stories. And we, we put it right in stories, and now it just lives as a mm-hmm. highlight. And it really shows how he is an extension of our marketing, extension of our organization, as he's been around for some time now and has grown creatively with the organization. And... I will also say uh, World Emoji Day is big. <laughs> um, emojis aren't going anywhere. Um, play into those. My other point, I would say original yeah. content is still important, um, regardless of the makeup of your organization. You want to show that you can produce content um, in-house mm-hmm. as best you can so people can also uh, hang on to your mm-hmm. voice and we do that with uh, Fan Love Fridays, which is just us pulling back into our fans on their comments on the services we we're providing. Did they have fun at that show? Mm-hmm. Did they comment on it? We're going to take that and, you know, create a social graphic for it and highlight them. The response to that has been been really well. Um, and then we have Welcome Wednesdays, which is new, um, and it's in associated in association with our Etsy shop, which has just been underway on Wednesday, uh, will mark two mm-hmm. weeks, and it's just an opportunity for people to see our new listings on our mm-hmm. shop.
0: Yeah, thank you for all of those, and I think what really mm-hmm. sticks out to me is that the way that you've been running the social media for first stage is very authentic, right? I think oftentimes when people think about social media management, especially organic for an organization or an institution, that it has to have this certain air about it or be all the way polished, like always professional content, like really sticking to the script, all these kind of things. But I think when your community really grows is when you show them like, hey, like, it's just Antonio running social media, having a good time, right? <laughs> Not to yeah. downplay any yeah. of the work that you do, but I think it's it's fun. That's what social media is. It's fun and running it like you would run your own page, shouting out your friends, shouting out your community.
1: Yeah, social media has changed the way has has transformed the sales mm-hmm. model. You know the traditional sales model, and I don't. You know it has it still has its place in this digital mm-hmm. age. Don't get me wrong, but keeping it into the context of social media, you have to break Mm -hmm. from it. You you have to give people more so something they can relate to on the Mm -hmm. spot. Can you do it in, you know, 15 seconds, 30 seconds? Then can you turn around and give them a long form piece of content where they can learn a little bit more about, you know, that that production that's coming up, that artist Mm -hmm. who's a part of it, who's making their debut. And these are all people who make that organization who makes it happen and people love to see people. I often telling mm-hmm. my own executives that and uh Bessie Corey who is our managing editor she always managing at uh, managing um director she always taps into mm-hmm. that and brings that up in conversation when we we're talking about it. And so you know also having you know that leadership that's leaning mm-hmm. in and you know they may not understand all you know that's happening, mm-hmm. but I think being able to say, "Hey, this is where we are. This is where I'm trying to go," and being able to, con- you know, clearly articulate yeah. that, pitch it, improve, you know, do do execution.
0: Yeah, I'm also. Wondering about your thoughts on TikTok. I think TikTok started at like the beginning of the pandemic. Everybody was joining and it kind of seemed like a, a, a fading thing, but it's still around. I'm still on it. I'm on TikTok hours, right. <laughs> shamefully. Um, how do you think right. organizations can use that? Do you use that in your content?
1: At this point, mm-hmm. we don't, but I think it's something to bring into the experiential mm-hmm. side. Um, but TikTok... It's fun, I'm, I'm on it. I came you know, kicking and screaming, um, honestly, but since I've been on, it, it feels, it represents vibrancy. It, it really does. It, rep- it it represents, I think, EDIJ, uh, as well as it it, it it looks at, you know, how, and I almost feel like it breaks down generational barriers mm-hmm of how it's set up and that's given a lot of credit to TikTok and I haven't been on there that long but I see the impact and I'm seeing a lot of arts organization who has made that transition to using the platform pay off for them um, in more ways than one and really getting that POV point of view content um, and really now focusing so much on Um, the heavier, you know, sales side where I think a lot can get lost when you're trying to bring in the traditional tactics into this medium. I wouldn't, I won't call it new medium, but this medium, because what we, we've had Facebook for 16 years now, Instagram just celebrated its 10th year. Yeah. So I think we look at, look at it, like, how do we implement this? And if we do, we're going to do it with uh, our brand ambassadors, Mm -hmm. which is, which is new, but which I think is our best next move because just before you know TikTok, we were we were discussing uh, Snapchat, mm. and we we had launched our ball you know just before the pandemic, and we had rolled out a lot of uh, graphics and support um, of it, and people were using it, and we were going to look at the data, and then boom, <laughs> we're here, and so. <laughs> You, you know, that's when you, you can't, like I was saying earlier, you can't be married to that one thing. You, you have to make that adjustment in, in order to uh, meet, you know, evolving business needs. And that's what innovation is. And, and to your point, I, I want to make sure that I express, you know, when it comes to content creation, you know, the possibilities go as far as your ideals, your execution And your consistency. This is a team effort. And so by committing to the long term game, you have the opportunity to build a lasting brand and impact community.
0: Yeah. Consistency is key. (laughs) Even when things don't seem to be working, you got to keep going, trying new things. Um, I really like that point because posting once a week on Facebook or Instagram or Twitter or LinkedIn or whatever it is, I don't think it's really going to cut it, right? Like that's not going to bring the kind of change and community that you want.
1: Yeah, you have to go all in. I feel like it was like towing water now that you can't deny, you know. I know social media comes with its own controversy, but you can't deny its mm-hmm. impact, also can't single out one company. You got to look at them all and see, okay, where do we fit as an organization within the social space? And how much can we take on without trying to bite off to more than we can chew? Exactly.
0: I think you dropped, like, my mind is blown. <laughs> I think you've dropped so many great gems, especially ones that, like, organizations can really implement like tomorrow or next week. And that's always how I kind of like to end these main interview portions. So do you have like your top three tips that any organization arts or not can implement into their content, social um, marketing strategies to improve their community?
1: Yeah, I really pondered this one. I would say there's three things I would say cross training and Mm -hmm. shadowing in hopes to create a greater understanding of people's roles within the organization. I I would say through this process, I believe to build strong rapport Mm -hmm. working relationships, ultimately leading to a well-balanced body of Mm -hmm. content. Because I'm often advocating within my organization that we represent one Mm -hmm. brand. When they see our content, it's not, oh, that's development piece, Mm -hmm. or that's education piece, or that's production. They say, oh, first right. stage, this is cool, creative, this is brilliant. Mm-hmm. Um, so really leaning into that to create that
0: well-balanced
1: ba- body of content. And I think putting a greater emphasis on collaboration. Mm-hmm. Oftentimes, we I feel like there's a lot of discussion around mm-hmm. this. I remember in undergrad with the group projects, this is going to be important in the real okay. world. <laughs> they they drove at home, but it's just actually putting it into practice. Mm-hmm there needs to be more discussion and more visibility of how that looks, how collaboration looks, especially now with so much work being remote. Is that done through everyone coming together, you know, pulling out a few people here and you have an editorial Mm -hmm. team that all represents different departments and that way you're turning out a variety of content for your audience. And I think my last point out, I want to stress, and I feel like it's quite the theme of uh, of, of this podcast episode, is being experiential. Mm-hmm. It's your organization's journey to innovation. And when you think about innovation, it's not so daunting when you think of it as trying to meet evolving business mm-hmm. needs. Social media is mm-hmm. here. It's our very fabric of life. How do we evolve to meet meet that need?
0: Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for that. Because I think, especially in nonprofits, and can sometimes feel like social media isn't going to get the donations and it's not going to get the services out there. Um, but I think a lot of what you highlighted is a really great first step, at least for these organizations that are kind of starting at ground zero to take their social media marketing, their content creation to another level. Um, so thank you again for dropping all of these gems. Yeah, Yeah. for sure. But we're not done yet. Um, We will go into our rapid-fire rounds. This is just a portion of the episode where I ask you about 10 or so questions. Um, You have about 30 seconds or less to answer, but no pressure. Um,
1: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I'll do my best, but, you know.
0: (laughs) (laughs) No pressure at all. Um, Just to learn a little bit more about you, your journey. Um, I think it's a lot of fun. So are you ready to get started?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. As I try to like calm myself. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no pressure, no pressure. I promise. So, okay. what's one tech tool or website that you or your organization has started using in the last year?
1: Asana. Asana is cool. Um, please look into it, and they do offer uh, support for nonprofits mm-hmm. in terms of discounts. But Asana is good project management tool. Um, all housed in there that you can also include your content mm-hmm. calendars. And all content creators know how vital <laughs> the content plays in, in content creation. So I think, uh, yeah, Asana, I have to have to say it, it's been helpful. Um, it's fairly new within our department, within the organization, but I can see it helping us keep things on track.
0: Yeah. At Howell, we live by Asana. Like, anything you want done, put it in Asana. Task me. <laughs> um so i really hear you (laughs) there are there any tech issues you're battling with right now
1: don't we all wish we had more bandwidth Uh, (laughs) but still you know at the same time i i'm appreciative of zoom i know a lot of people have their um, grievances with it but honestly if you look back we probably you know what if we didn't have this tool you know i always say that and but we do and
0: so yeah my favorite um thought that I see on social media is if what if we were in this pandemic in like 2003 <laughs> then what <laughs> right. you
1: know how they how it yeah then it'll be sad how <laughs> you know, really would be sad yeah so
0: yeah that's yeah. true what's coming in the next year that has you most excited
1: I think the BIPOC storytelling that's going to continue at our, at our organization we are this year we were part of Milwaukee's First BIPOC festival mm-hmm. and I put on a showcase, so I'm looking forward to more of the stories that needs to be told and how they will be told, and also the more of the BIPOC creators who finally going to I feel like get more of the recognition they reserve they deserve and need because it's essential mm-hmm. uh, people to see us see. The interconnectedness, acknowledge the vibrancy, and what we'll, you know, we as a people, you know, bring, and
0: that can't be underscored. Yeah, I I agree. Um, I'm most excited about that too. I think, especially in the midst of the pandemic, in the midst of the uprisings, unfortunately, that's how a lot of this needed to be highlighted, right? But I'm glad that it happened. I'm glad that it did because now organizations are really seeing that we need to. Highlight like these stories, like you said, like it can't be in the shadows anymore. It can't be a secondary story. It needs to be upfront and foremost. Yes. So that's exciting. I, I'd have to agree with that one. Can you talk about a mistake you made earlier in your career that shapes the way you do things now?
1: Not understanding the importance of having a difficult conversation. Mm. You have to embrace it at some point in your career. And I felt like learning early on, it'll help you. It will help you.
0: Yeah. Definitely. They're hard, but it's a reason they're hard because they need to be done. Do you think NGOs can successfully go out of business?
1: I feel like it's almost left to interpretation, Mm -hmm. you know, but I would say as long as it's operating off an ethical compass and really working to fulfill said mission, you know, it it would be a keep, you know, because it's it's. There's I can think of some that's really doing the work and the people who make up, you know, and, and trying to bring that change. So,
0: yeah. Well, let's say you had a hot tub time machine that would take you back to the beginning of your work. What advice would you give yourself?
1: Everything you create can't turn into gold. Mm,
0: I felt that one. Yeah. Because yeah. sometimes I'll post on social. I'm like, this is going viral. Like everybody's going to like this. They're all going to retreat it. And then I check and it's like one like. <laughs> And that's the hard reality that I just had to face.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: What's something you think that you or your organization should stop doing?
1: Uh, I would say me. Uh, I would say thinking I can change people's mind through Mm. data.
0: Interesting. Why?
1: We as marketers understand its significance. But when we look at trying to implement new things, data may not always be the first Mm. to get that new thing off the ground. Uh, especially when you're at junior or mid level management you you have to take a survey and, and look at you know maybe leaning more on I have more rapport with this person, and I know they have the skill sets that I want to showcase in this piece of content. Let me tap mm-hmm. into this and where it goes and versus hey, I have the data to support. yeah,
0: yeah mm-hmm. that's a reality sometimes you just need somebody on your side to vouch for you. <laughs> Let's say you had a Harry Potter wand for the industry. What would it do?
1: Preserve the arts mm. and preserve our BIPOC creators because I really fear what state they're going to be in post-pandemic. Because mm. really I am aware here in town of some smaller arts organizations that unfortunately has that had to have closed yeah. their doors.
0: What's your favorite question to ask an organization or board member?
1: How important is digital marketing within your organization? Mm.
0: That's a good question.
1: (laughs) And with that, I I want, I'm looking for perspective. Mm -hmm. What they think digital marketing is and what role the organization plays within this space.
0: How did you get started in the social impact space?
1: As a youth worker for Mary Ryan Boys and Girls Club,
0: <laughs> yeah. What were you doing?
1: Uh, I was working with a, a lot of young mm-hmm. people, mentoring, well, as well as teaching a few classes and and really just trying to be present. I think a lot of my as a youth worker, that's is your presence, your guide um, when young people are maybe easier to come to you versus mm-hmm. an adult. Yeah. so I, and I really see how that plays out in the education space and the community space and being that first point.
0: What's a piece of advice your parents gave that you did or didn't follow?
1: Uh, Mama Mary. I have to give this to my mother. Uh, have a mind of mm-hmm. your own. I carry that and I will continue to carry that because I, I look at it as being, being able to know how to think for yourself. Right and create your own vision instead of what may be mapped out for Mm. you.
0: And my last question, what advice would you give college grads looking to enter the social impact space?
1: Always remember your why. And another thing I would would add to that, because I, I, I don't feel I'm that far removed. So I will also add, dream with your eyes open.
0: Oh, I love that. Yeah. Well, that's such a lovely ending. Those are all of my questions. <laughs> thanks for playing rapid fire rounds. Um, I think you can see why this is kind of my favorite portion of any any podcast episode.
1: I made it through the rapid fire. I feel like renewed.
0: <laughs> you right. come out you on the other side, right? So, <laughs> brand new feeling. Um, so, thanks again for coming on the show. Where can people find you?
1: Yeah, you can. I'm most active on Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn. And you can search. This has been uh, Using Antonio the Whole Whale Podcast. If you want well, to keep Miami learning is, more about these topics and others, on head on over to hotel. dot com I'm, I'm slash there. university yeah, to Antonio keep learning with us. a lot of great Thanks as always to Greg on, Thomas, even music. just within this what sixty seconds, sixty, 60 that minutes, minutes that how you can really improve Hope your social you know, media, right? which
0: I think is and kind of the unspoken just a reminder, subscribes
1: really help us on um, any platform so that you listen to us on. Please give a thought, to click and subscribe, and maybe even a comment because we like hearing from you.